Bloomberg Radio. From Largo to Seminole, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you, Wednesday morning, and welcome to our information osmosis oasis here, known as AM Tampa Bay. Jack Harris, Katie Bacino, James Berlander all on board here this morning. And, of course, it is post-election day, although we don't have all of the election results in yet. But um, if you want to comment on the election or anything else, give us a call at 800-969-9352, or you can text us at 82945, or if you have the iHeartRadio app. You could leave us a message. Yes. And how do they do it? So you open up the free iHeartRadio app. You could download it free on your app store. You could listen to us in crystal clear sound, by the way. And tap the microphone when you're streaming News Radio WFLA. It'll take you to a little message record screen. Tap the mic again, record it, and send it right to us. And we can play it on the air. So please do that. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the election last night and the results. Yeah, and uh, of course, still up in the air as to who is going to control the Senate, uh, although it is looking more and more like the Republicans are going to control the House. Um, but the Senate is the big one that's still up in the air and might be for quite some time. state of Florida was a red wave sweep, pretty much. Um, but that hasn't happened across the country as had been expected by many. But, of course, a solid victory for DeSantis over Chris. I mean, that was a runaway. And pretty much the uh, same thing for Marco Rubio, as he had a big, big win. And in the Bay Area, with the exception of Kathy Castor, it was pretty much a Republican sweep here, too. Uh, District 13, Anna Paulina Luna won, the Republican. District 14, it was Kathy Castor getting reelected. District 15, Laura Lee, the Republican. 16, Vern McCannon, the Republican winner. And in 17, Greg Stubbe, the winner there. So Florida pretty much is a red wave, a sweep used to be purple, so to speak, a mixture of uh, red and blue, but it's pretty well bright red now, it seems. But we're going to have to wait a while before we find out who is going to be controlling the Senate. And again, it looks like the GOP will control the uh, House majority, but again, the Senate is the big one right now, and it's going to take some time to... Um, find out how all of that comes out but there was not the big red wave that everybody had expected um one of the big sort of upsets i think was john fetterman defeating republican Mehmet oz for the very highly contested u.s senate seat and that moved the uh, state of pennsylvania from red to blue as he's going to be replacing 
Republican Senator Pat Toomey, who opted not to run again this year. So that was a big, big win for the Democrats. And in Georgia, um, Republican Herschel Walker appears to have given Democrat incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock the edge, although still the candidates are virtually tied. And unless one of them hits the magic number of 50%, there will be a runoff there. And at last check, Warnock was at 49.42, and Walker was at 48.52. And if there is a runoff needed up in Georgia, it'll be held on December 6th. So these are things still up in the air and will be for probably quite some time. It's 510 on AM Tampa Bay, and our non-political traffic now is John Thomas. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And with Chris Trinkman out of the newsroom here. And Chris, what's going on this morning? Well, good morning, Jack. Florida's east coast is bracing for a possible hurricane. This would be the second of the season. The first, of course, was Hurricane Ian that hit the southwest coast. But... Tropical Storm Nicole is heading toward the southeast part of the state and will likely become a Category 1 later today. Right now, the top sustained winds are 70 miles per hour. That's just short of hurricane strength. And landfall could come tonight before it moves across the state. And our area is likely to be affected, Jack. We're in a tropical storm warning right now. And that means uh, we have to be prepared for heavy rains, high winds, tornadoes, and even flooding. So it's a Serious situation that maybe people didn't pay as close attention to because of the election, but in the next uh, day or so, we're going to be seeing some severe effects because of the storm Nicole. Yeah, it'll be a tropical storm when it comes by here, and they say you can expect uh, winds to be 30 to 40 miles an hour and gusting as high as 50 miles an hour. And then we may get anywhere from four to five inches of rain. Yeah. So this is going to be really a big deal. And uh, the rain should start tomorrow, uh, earlier tomorrow. And the um, we'll just have to see how it plays out. But right now, there are tropical storm watches in all of our Bay Area counties, Citrus, Hernando, Pasco, Pinellas, Hillsborough, and Manatee. You know, people have been getting sandbags as well because, you know, the number of people got flooded during Hurricane Ian, especially if you go south to Sarasota County. Yeah. And some parts of Polk and, and other places as well, especially near those rivers, uh, which uh, overflowed during Hurricane Ian. Now, this isn't going to be nearly as severe, but it's still a hurricane, a potential hurricane, and, and it's likely to cause some problems here in this area. Uh, and coming from a different direction. So it could have some slightly different effects than what we saw with the end. But it's something to be paying attention to, and we've already got some school closures in some of the counties. Uh, Polk is going to close on Thursday, and I believe Hillsborough is going to decide today what to do with their district uh, as far as closures go. So that's something to be keeping an eye on as well because, you know, people are going to be home, and uh, the storm will be passing through during that time. So Yeah, depending on... Uh how much rain we do get as to whether they might have to shut down schools on Friday as well. That's right. 
And I think uh, probably a lot of them are going to be closing uh, tomorrow, but we'll see how that plays out, like you say. So there was another hurricane that hit Florida last night, Jack, and it produced a red wave across the state. (laughs) Yes. The Republicans winning races all over Florida. The GOP now has total control on all of the statewide races, meaning the uh, four cabinet positions, and they also won the U.S. Senate seat. So Governor DeSantis, obviously, with a huge win, almost 20 points. Oh, yeah, it was a blowout. Yeah, I mean, to say the least. And Marco Rubio not far behind in his victory over Val Demings. And then all the other cabinet posts were easy wins. And so that means uh, the entire statewide uh, control of the state is in, in Republican hands. And then if you go to the state legislature, the state House and Senate now has a supermajority, which means Republicans will completely control the agenda at the state legislative level. Yeah, Florida used to be pretty much what they called a purple state because it was pretty much half and half, but Mm -hmm. it is now totally red. I mean, it's overwhelmingly red. Well, when you consider that Ron DeSantis won the governor's race four years ago by less than a percentage point against Andrew Gillum, yeah, and... And then you go four years before that, Charlie Crist and Rick Scott. That was a squeaker for Rick Scott. Yeah. And then you go before that, and Rick Scott barely beat Alex Sink in that race. I mean, we haven't had any kind of result in the governor's race like this in in any recent memory. Uh, You can go back to Jeb Bush, but he never won by 20 points. Oh, no. I mean, he was popular, but not like this. And so this is a a new experience for uh, Florida politics because... You know, not only are there no Democrats in power, but the Republicans have complete control of the state. And as was proven last night in the statewide election, the uh, governor is is not just popular, but overwhelmingly so. Yeah, and uh, Chris' biggest argument for voting for him was that DeSantis was going to leave the governor's position and take a national office or go for a national office. Yeah. But apparently the... Voters don't mind. No, they didn't seem to care. In fact, uh, I saw some interviews with Republican voters who uh, say that they have no problem with him going for it all, going for the big big prize, which is the White House, in two years. Now, that's going to be a big question mark because of what former President Trump plans to do. It's expected on the 14th that Trump's going to jump in the race. Yeah, he has announced that he would make an announcement then coming up here. Yeah, and uh, he had an announcement about the announcement. Yeah, it'll be interesting (laughs) to see what he is going to do about DeSantis because he's already fearful that DeSantis is going to run. I'm surprised that he doesn't try to make him his vice presidential candidate. Well, it's not out of the question. still possible, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I think Ron DeSantis has made a pretty good argument that uh, his brand of uh, politics has been extremely successful, unlike some Republicans around the country who either didn't win big or didn't win at all. You know, Mm -hmm. there was expected to be a big wipeout nationally, and what we're seeing is that uh, both the House and Senate are are still very close. I think when you look at all the numbers and, and, and add up all the seats that are still left to be decided, the Republicans will still end up with a majority in the House, but the Senate yeah. is still very much up, up for grabs. I mean, this uh, race in Georgia could go to a runoff 
And then you've got uh, this. Yeah, I think that is going to be a runoff. Yeah, because they got to get Walker. Yeah, they got to get fifty percent of that state to to be declared a winner. Yeah, and and neither Herschel Walker nor uh, Warnock have been able to get over that that point. They're still very close, but if neither one can get fifty, it doesn't matter. They go right back uh, to a runoff and and face each other again. But this time, with no independent candidates or anyone else on the ballot. Yeah, so one of them will get at least fifty percent of the vote. Yeah, kind of an unusual quirk in their uh, state law with elections. The other states don't do that. Uh, Wisconsin is still being contested, although it looks like Ron Johnson is going to win a narrow victory and maintain his seat. Uh, We saw the one seat so far that's been flipped was in Pennsylvania. Uh, John Fetterman won for the Democrats, so that flips that seat red. But the Republicans only need to win and flip two seats that are Democratic to take control of the Senate. Yeah, and, and it's looking good for them right now in Nevada, although that race isn't finished. And then uh, Arizona, too close to call. Yeah, and uh, we're still waiting on Georgia. So uh, the Senate not uh, not a decisive night for either party, and it looks like it's going to come down to just a couple of states to determine uh, who controls the U.S. Senate. Yep, we didn't quite get the red wave that everybody had expected. Well, we did in Florida. But in Florida, we did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we went from being a so-called purple state to a bright red state. Yeah, I think it, you could argue that Florida's not a not a blue state at all. And, and really, if you look at the statewide races, Jack, in the last 20 years, I mean, other than uh, Bill Nelson and uh, uh, Nikki Freed and, and a couple of uh, unusual you know cases, Republicans usually won all the statewide races. I mean, it's uh-huh. been the, it's been that way for for a couple of decades now. Yeah, and they're certainly in control now, for sure. That's for sure. And we'll have the results for you as they come in here at some time today, and into we'll, tomorrow, and then the runoff in Georgia. We'll track them until they're until they're done, Jack. Yes, indeed. And you'll hear more from Chris coming up here at eight minutes to bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jack. It's 5.23, and time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 5.24 on AM Tampa Bay. The other uh, really big story that's going to impact us in a fairly big way is, of course, Nicole, expected to become Hurricane Nicole as it comes up the East Coast, but it'll be down to tropical storm strength um, as it impacts us. And, of course, we're going to keep you posted on all that's happening, but the big deal is we're going to have some heavy, heavy winds uh, anywhere from 30 to 50 miles an hour and they say the strongest winds in the area are going to begin early tomorrow morning, and they'll last through tomorrow afternoon. And then, of course, the very heavy rainfall, um, and they're saying through the end of the week, most areas are going to get around two to four inches of rainfall, but locally higher amounts are possible. And that means we could have some coastal and inland flooding possible especially for areas that were hard hit by ian back in september and a flood watch has been issued for polk county through tomorrow afternoon and a tropical storm warning as well 
and tropical storm watches have been issued for Citrus, Hernando, Pasco, Pinellas, Hillsborough, and Manatee counties. Basically, the Tampa Bay area is under a tropical storm watch. But we're fortunate we're not getting the heavy hurricane strength winds and rains that they're going to be getting over on the other coast. That's for sure. But we'll be covering it for you here, obviously, as we always do with our Stormwatch group. Are you going to be working that one, James? Keeping you up on what's trending, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 5.37, what have we got trending this morning, Katie? Jack, have you ever had Scrapple? Oh, yeah. I've never had it. I've actually heard it's pretty good. I like. I love it. I like things like that, so I feel like I'd enjoy it, but I've never had it. I've never seen it on a menu anywhere, so if anyone knows where I can get it locally, What's let me know. What's a Scrapple? So, James, funny you'd ask that. I had a feeling you wouldn't know what it was. <laughs> I've heard Jack talk about it before. That's the only reason I know he... I know that he knew what it was. It's traditionally a mush of pork scraps and trimmings combined with cornmeal, wheat flour, and spices. I'm out. (laughs) I haven't had it in a long time, and now that you mention it, I'm going to have to get joy to whip it up one weekend. Have you ever had it at a restaurant here? Like, Have you ever gone out and had it, or have you only ever really had it when Joy had it and when you were young? I don't, uh, you know, I can't remember whether I've gotten it at a restaurant or not. Maybe if our listener knows anything about Scrapple or where it might be available in a restaurant locally, you can give us a call at 800-969-9352. Scrapple experts, today is your day to shine. We need you. I wouldn't even, I've never had it, of course, so it's really hard for me to know something to compare it to. But even visually, I can't think of anything I would compare Scrapple to. It doesn't look like anything. I feel like my stomach would be doing the same thing if I (laughs) ate that as it's doing today right now. What is it doing? You don't want to (laughs) know. Well, I hear the phone ringing, so maybe there's a Scrapple expert. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I mentioned that. I forgot to mention why I brought up Scrapple. It's National Scrapple Day today, Woo-hoo! so maybe today's the day to get Joy to whip some up. Yeah, that might be the case. <laughs> um, maybe a little Scrapple for lunch. There you go. Is it a breakfast thing? Is it a Because this no, picture a, that, that it, I'm looking at it has it with, with breakfast. Yeah, it's a breakfast thing for sure, but um, on the weekend, she'll make me a great breakfast for lunch. I love breakfast for lunch and dinner. Oh, I do too. And Joy makes a thing I'd never had before and just started making it, at, um, I don't know, several months ago, maybe a year ago. But it's um, it's French toast casserole. Which sounds delicious. You've talked to me about this off air a few times and it sounds heavenly. I've never had French toast casserole. Don't know much about it, but it sounds great that's my new last meal if i'm going to be executed and i get a last meal that's what it's going to be wow it must be really good (laughs) i love it and one ticket won it all more than two billion dollars south or southern california is the person who won so if you have any family or friends in southern california might want to call in and check on them today let them know how much you love them and how (laughs) you're always there for them if they need anything you know just like a good little reminder to your friends now it's down to a lousy little 20 million there's a lot of conspiracy theories going on now because california was the reason it got delayed Mm mm-hmm and oh, now yeah. someone won in California? Come on, something fishy is going on. Someone in Florida did win $2 million, though. Yeah, and several million-dollar winners A lot of million dollars. I'd be happy with any of that. 
you can give me 50,000, I think I'd be all right, but. <laughs> yeah, can't go for a lousy million, though, or 20 million. <laughs> I have some friends in Southern California, and all I can say is I'm definitely going to be checking in on them today. Yeah, the uh, Mega Millions is getting up there now. I've forgotten where it is, but it's getting up pretty high now. You can walk away with many, many millions. Anyway, it is 541 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check out the morning cavalcade now with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is brought to you by the Duncan Duo. And it's today in history for November 9th. In 1620, the Pilgrims aboard the Mayflower site land at Cape Cod, Massachusetts. 1780, in the Revolutionary War, in the Battle of Fishdam Ford, a force of British and Loyalist troops fail in a surprise attack against the South Carolina Patriot Militia under Brigadier General Thomas Sumter. 1851, Kentucky Marshals abduct abolitionist minister Calvin Fairbank from Jeffersonville, Indiana, and take him to Kentucky to stand trial for helping a slave escape. 1862, in the Civil War, Union General Ambrose Burnside assumes command of the Army of the Potomac after General B. McClellan is removed, or I'm sorry, George McClellan. 1872, the Great Boston Fire of 1872 one of the worst city fires ever and almost wiped it out. 1887, the U.S. got rights to Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. 1906, Theodore Roosevelt is the first sitting president to make an official trip outside the country. He did so to inspect progress on the Panama Canal. 1913, the Great Lakes storm of 1913, the most destructive National disaster ever to hit the lakes reaches its greatest intensity after beginning two days earlier. The storm destroyed 19 ships and killed more than 250 people. 1918, Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany abdicates after the German Revolution and Germany is proclaimed a republic. 1935, the Committee for Industrial Organization, the precursor to the Congress of Industrial Organizations, or the CIO, is founded in Atlantic City, New Jersey, by eight trade unions belonging to the American Federation of Labor, the AFL. 1960, Robert McNamara, named president of the Ford Motor Company, the first non-Ford to serve in that post. A month later, he resigned to join the administration of the newly elected John F. Kennedy. 1965, several U.S. states and parts of Canada are hit by a series of blackouts lasting up to 13 hours in the Great Northeast Blackout of 1965. Also in 65, a Catholic Worker Movement member Roger Allen Laporte, protesting against the Vietnam War, set himself on fire in front of the United Nations building. 1967, the Apollo program 
NASA launched the unmanned Apollo 4 test spacecraft atop the first Saturn V rocket from Florida's Cape Kennedy. 1970, in the Vietnam War, the Supreme Court of the U.S. voted 6-3 to three against hearing a case to allow Massachusetts to enforce its law granting residents the right to refuse military service in an undeclared war. 1985, Gary Kasparov, 22 years old of the Soviet Union, became the youngest world chess champion by beating fellow Soviet Anatoly Karpov. 1989, in the Cold War, the fall of the Berlin War, East Germany opened checkpoints in the Berlin Wall, allowing its citizens to travel to West Berlin. And uh, I visited over there very shortly after that, and that was quite a thing to see. 1998, a U.S. federal judge in the largest civil settlement in American history ordered 37 U.S. brokerage houses to pay $1.03 billion to cheated NASDAQ investors to compensate for their price fixing. And finally, in 1938, Colonel Leslie McDill is killed in a plane crash near Washington, D.C. And he, of course, is the one after which McDill Air Force Base and subsequently McDill Avenue is named. And that's our Today in History for this date, for November 9th. And it's brought to you by the Duncan Duo. Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now jointheduo.com. It's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay and time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 5.53 on AM Tampa Bay as we bring on Rory O'Neill, our NBC News radio reporter. And Rory, it looks like we'll be, it'll be a while before we learn who's going to control the Senate. Yeah, pretty incredible. We've got uh, five Senate seats that are still considered too close to call, although I think they could call that a Wisconsin one in favor of the Republican. But uh, still, it looks like we're on our way to a runoff in Georgia. But I was surprised to see we did get a call out of Pennsylvania with John Fetterman defeating Dr. Oz. They still have a lot of votes to count in that state, but um, multiple news organizations now think Fetterman is on his way to victory. Uh, and, of course, we're all waiting for that Georgia Senate race uh, going to the runoff next month. Yeah, so we're going to have to wait, I guess, uh, might have to wait until sometime next month to find out who's going to control the Senate. Well, right, and, you know, we still have the race in Arizona. Incumbent Senator Mark Kelly trying to fend off a challenge from Republican Blake Masters. It looks like Kelly is going to hang on to that one. But in Nevada, Republican Adam Laxalt hoping to flip that seat uh, from Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. That one's a bit more complicated and could take a little bit longer to figure out. Yeah, that was, um, well, people were expecting a really heavy red wave all across the country, and that hasn't quite happened. I mean, 
It's, we got it in Florida. Well, <laughs> sure. Florida had it what big an time. Impressive uh, performance by Ron DeSantis and his campaign. A twenty-point victory over Charlie Crist is amazing. Also, a solid victory by Marco Rubio, also in double digits over Val Demings. So, well, we got a red wave in uh, Florida, but uh, just not across the rest of the country. Yeah, Florida has become a bright red state. No doubt about that. Going from purple, as uh, a lot of people. I mean, it used to be, I remember being pretty much purple, Democrat, Republican, you never knew who was going to win. And even right. around the Bay Area, uh, Kathy Castor was the only one to maintain her congressional seat. Well, I mean, Republicans had a sweep pretty much throughout the Bay Area, too, with the exception of Castor. With that one district. And look at how well uh, DeSantis did in, uh, flipping uh, Miami-Dade County from blue to red, which has also been blue. That's a big surprise. Federal. Yeah, that's a big surprise. Right. I thought even yeah. when they were talking about the red wave in the state of Florida, certainly wouldn't include the southeastern part of the state, but it did. Right, that whole tri-county area, Miami-Dade, uh, Broward, and Palm Beach County. But, yeah, to flip Miami-Dade is a pretty impressive thing. How long do you think it's going to be before we know who wins the Senate? Well, the Senate is probably going to depend on that uh, runoff election. I'm curious, too, about the House. You know, the, the Republicans are probably going to take control, but maybe only by one or two seats, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, most of the polls have them picking it up by you know, 13, 14 seats. So uh, that really is a poor performance uh, across the country. All those races tended to break uh, for the Democrats instead of Republicans, despite Joe Biden being you know, the least popular president in decades and all this runaway inflation. Still, uh, Republicans struggling to get out their message and get people to vote. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. And, Rory, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Hey, we left you some extra pizza there this morning, so go raid the fridge. Okay. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thank you, Rory. Our NBC News radio reporter and on Twitter, at Radio Rory. And it's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. From Palm Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning to you on this Wednesday. It is AM Tampa Bay, a puissant presentation of profundity here with Jack Harris, and Katie Bacino, and James Berlander. And of course, you can join us at any time at 800 969 9352. We've got some birthdays here. Uh, Alan Went, a former anchor at WTVT, among other things. Chris Redderer, who used to be a uh, an officer with uh, Tampa General Hospital. Alex Lieberstein and Hope Wright Lafamme. And do you all have any birthdays? I do. I have my cousin Sheila. Don Sancho, David Gole, Matthew Copeland, and a good friend of mine, Raven. And I've got Brandon Gidley, Amir Espat, and Susan Schistler. Well, you all have a lot more than I do here this morning. So happy birthday to one and all. And as always, if you want to help somebody celebrate their birthday on the air, just call Katie and we'll do it. A guy has a talking dog 
and he brings it to a talent scout. And this dog can speak English, he claims to the very unimpressed agent. And the guy says to the dog, What's on the top of a house? Roof, the dog replies. Oh, come on, the talent agent responds. All dogs go, roof. Now, wait, the guy says. He asks the dog, what does sandpaper feel like? Rough, the dog answers. And the talent agent gives a condescending stare. He's losing his patience. Now, hang on there, the guy says. This is going to amaze you. Turns to the dog and asks him, who, in your opinion, was the greatest baseball player of all time? Roof, barks the dog. And the talent scout, having seen enough, kicks him out of the office and onto the street. The dog then turns to the guy and says, maybe I should have said DiMaggio. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, George Carl. He's definitely sending worse jokes. I don't hate that one. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. I have a quick little joke. Oh, let's take your time. What is it? What do dentists call their x-rays? What do dentists call their x-rays? Toothpicks. Hmm. Toothpicks. Get it? Like toothpicks. Oh, P-I-X. Yeah. No, well, P-I-C-S. Or P-I-C-S. Yeah, like tooth pictures. <laughs> tooth pics. Yes. Tooth pictures. I thought it was really good. I liked the joke a lot. I laughed out loud when I read it. A no, few I ago. like it. I like it. And how about you? Have you got one? Yeah, so what do you call a large reptile who likes to stir up petty fights on social media? Wait, a large reptile who, who likes to... Stir up petty fights on social media. Petty fights on social media. A trollosaurus. So close, Katie. An instigator. Ah. An instigator. I like trollosaurus better. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well, that is a good one. I'm just looking at the uh, alligator thing. There's, well, I got a, just a couple of them here from uh, the, well, this is medical terminology. Again, coma is a punctuation mark. Dilate is to live long. Enema, not a friend. Fester, quicker than somebody else. That'll be good enough here with these medical terms. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there we go. We got more important stuff to do here as we check out the uh, asphalt jungle now with john thomas on air and online at wflanews.com this is am tampa bay with jack harris on news radio wfla it's 14 minutes after six on am tampa bay and uh, i want to take a look at what katie's put up on the blog here and one thing the first thing you're going to find here the flashback uh for old geezers <laughs> or at least somewhat older folks this is what sunday nights looked like 60 years ago when people uh watch tv and uh this was the big show on the weekend and on sunday nights Is that the monkeys or the Beatles? Uh, doesn't sound like the Beatles. It's like the a door. Mon- okay, that's the doors. Yeah, it's like a montage of what the you doors. would have watched. 
Yeah, this is a montage of all the great acts that used to be on the Ed Sullivan Show. Ed Sullivan. Uh, the animals. He was in a couple of movies and everything. Yeah, the Rolling Stones, Elvis. I think Elvis is in there. Yeah, I remember scrolling through seeing him. The monkeys were among them. I'm so sad I wasn't alive in a time when I could have seen Elvis live. Oh, he was fantastic. I finally got to see him live when uh, when I was up in D.C. in the mid-70s, and he did a concert uh, in Maryland. There's a big, there was a big concert venue in Maryland where I went to see several outstanding acts, but I got to see Elvis on stage, and I was right on the front, well, second row, uh, I mean, just looking right up at him, and the guy that set it up for me was going to take me back to meet him at the end of the concert. And sure enough, when the concert was over, he knew the people running it and everything, and we went back to see Elvis in his dressing room. So cool. Well, we got back there, and he had already left. Oh, that's a bummer. And there was an old saying back then, anyway, Elvis has left the building. He quite literally had left the building. And he had left the building. If there's anybody I could go back in time and see, it would be Elvis. Oh, yeah. I got to see a throwback band over the weekend, though. Alabama, I went up to St. Oh, yeah, Alabama's good. I saw them over the weekend, and then one of the members died yesterday. Jeff Cook, the co-founding member of Mm. Alabama, he died yesterday. I literally just saw them on Saturday in St. Augustine. Oh. A really good concert. Son of a gun. But I really wish I could have existed in a time when Elvis was around because I would have loved a good Elvis show. Yeah, Colonel Tom Parker, the guy that was his manager, uh, was from Tampa. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so he brought Elvis down here at the, um, now what is the building called now? It's, um, I've forgotten who owns it now, but it's still there and it's in South Tampa. I have no idea. Oh, darn it. Hey, if somebody knows, give me a call because I've done events there and all kinds of things. Was it like a theater? Back Not like the, the Tampa theater. It was. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't, doesn't look like the Tampa theater and it's covers about half a block and the rest of the block is parking and now i've forgotten who owns it who has taken it over now but they still have some events there darn it somebody call me and let me know what that venue is called it said it was curtis hickson hall what would that be now no that was downtown that's where curtis okay, so hickson it's not park the is oh i don't know it just okay. said no. elvis played there a lot not the Straz. Yeah, Elvis did play there. That was the big venue when I came here, and I emceed a lot of events there at the old Curtis Hickson Hall. And we even did USF basketball games were played there. Was it the Armory by chance? We had just had someone call the in Armory. and say the Armory. Okay. Yes. Hesterly Armory? The Fort Homer Hesterly Armory. Yep, gotcha. That's where it was. Thank you to our awesome listeners. Yeah, who was the listener, do you know? Uh, no. Uh, well, I thank our listener, the Fort Homer Hesterly Armory. It's still there. I've, I'm not even sure what it's being used for now. But I've never heard of it. Oh, it's a big, huge building that covers about half a city block. Yep, it said Elvis performed there four concerts in Tampa between 1955 and 56 at that location that's pretty interesting yeah and that the guy that got him here was colonel tom parker 
of course, being from Tampa. Very neat. Fun but little fact for you. I didn't know They that. used to have some great concerts and things there, even after I'd gotten here, and a lot of other events, too. Um, fashion shows, all kinds of stuff like that. And there's a rich history. We'll have to do that on our Tampa Bay history one day. Good idea. History of the Fort Homer Hesterly Armory. I feel like I was born in the wrong era when I watched these videos, like the one you sent me, what Sunday night looked like 60 years ago. I watched these and I just like, it gives me so much serotonin. And I really feel like I was just born in the wrong time frame. (laughs) Well, no, you've got a great future. (laughs) Thank you. But there are other good things on our website. The woman goes viral sharing recipes from the 1920s. Those recipes are really cool. There's applesauce cake, which is something I had never heard of. I think I really want to try that. I love applesauce, and I bet in a cake it would be really good. And you've got to go over far enough to see Katie. Let me bring it up here. Katie attempting the love challenge with Brian Fink and Sarah Jacobs. Still sore from doing that. <laughs> that's, well, that's worth watching. I can't even imagine <laughs> trying that. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay, and... We uh, check in now with John Thomas and traffic. Live on the free iHeartRadio app, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 624 on AM Tampa Bay. And joining us now is Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. And uh, Aaron, I was not that fully aware of this, but. It looks like air taxis may soon be replacing cabs and Uber and all of these things like that. How soon is that going to take place? Hi, Jack. Certainly to the airport, that's for sure. They're going to be attempting to replace them. And how soon it takes place is dependent on regulation approval. But it seems like the first hurdle has been met. And then we could see these as early as 2023 even 2026, the latest. So the Federal Aviation Administration this week, they revealed the airworthiness criteria for Joby. You can check us out online. If you throw J-O-B-Y into Google, you can see this four-passenger craft. It's designed to lift off like a helicopter. So it lifts off vertically and then flies horizontally like a plane. And it looks more like a drone than it does like an airplane. Kind of, it has lots of little propellers. But now, after this first hurdle in terms of approval, this gives the public and the industry 30 days to comment, and it lays out the next steps for Joby that they'd have to take to get agency approval. And they have a lot of big money and and strong players behind them. They have Delta. They agreed last month to invest $60 million in Joby, and they want to use the planes to fly people from airports in New York and Los Angeles. So if you're in, you know, downtown Manhattan, you can get on the South Street Seaport and be at JFK in seven minutes as opposed to the 45 minutes to, I don't know, any, oh, wow. sometimes three hours if you're in traffic. Same for Los Angeles. Toyota Motor Corp is behind this. And get this, Joby also partnered with Uber to offer air taxi service, which could debut next year, 2023. This is according to a press release from Joby. But it, it's pretty incredible. And the cost, it's about $3 per seat mile. It holds four people. They hope to get the, that down to $0.86. Cents by 2026 it's comparable to a taxi so it's roughly 75 dollars to get from manhattan to the to the airports in queens same thing for a joby and this will start in the big cities la and new york and they hope to bring it all over and it's designed for city travel these short little trips back and forth 
Hey, Aaron, James here. Uh, question for you. So how do you hail uh, an, an air taxi? I imagine it'll be much like Uber. There will be an app. Yeah, you don't right. have one. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Hey, down here, down here. You'll have a designated takeoff spot. But what's cool is you don't need a runway. So it, it takes off like a helicopter vertically, um, and it's designed to fly very fast. It's very quiet. It has sustainable trips um, in these cities. It, it holds four passengers and a pilot, and they've, right. they've flown over a 1,000 test flights. They've demonstrated its range, its speed, its altitude, its very low noise profile, which is exciting. And, and actually, Joby, it joined the public markets via a SPAC in 2021. It, it's over a billion-dollar company. It, 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 this is not just some startup that's trying their best. They, they have some big money and some big power behind them. Gotcha. Now, what about the safety ratings of these things? Like, Have they actually been tested for crashing and all that fun stuff? Yep, that's part of the process. Okay. And the one thing that we can always praise the FAA for, safety, 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 is their number one priority, and things do not take off unless they're safe. Oh. And so that's the process that they're going through now. Um, can I say, you know, listen, do airplane crashes happen? Yes, of course. But it, it's rare if you look at it relative to automobile accidents um, and automobile yeah. crashes. So it, it's it's going to go through all of that process no one will get in this before it's approved and at the highest safety standards well this could be really big for traveling between pinellas and hillsborough counties and across the bay from tampa to st pete but we'll exactly. see how yeah. that yeah. plays yeah. out but huge. i'd love to ride something like that for sure but aaron real our nbc news radio reporter good to hear about this makes us <laughs> look forward to the future <laughs> as always there you go. All right. Thank you, Aaron. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 629 on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, Katie, who's our dope of the day? Well, I have two stories. One of them is a little interesting. So there's a couple Florida deputies who are under investigation right now after they arrested a blind man for carrying a walking stick that they thought was a gun at the time. Wow. So there's body cam footage of this that is now being released. Of course, that's why they're under investigation. And there was like an encounter with the man and the officers, and they were asking the man's information. They thought he was armed. They thought there was a gun in his pocket. So they stopped him, and the guy was really confused. He was like, what's happening? Why are you questioning me? I'm not giving you any information. And then when he pulled out the walking stick, they kind of panicked, and they arrested him. And so now the deputies are under investigation. We'll see what happens with that. But um, to me, it just seemed like the man was walking trying to you know live his life but, <laughs> but it happens i mean i guess they were trying to be safe but he pulled out the walking stick you didn't need to arrest him sometimes i think that um the the tension just builds and i think the officers oh, yeah. were probably just very irritated at the time um so sounds like a the horrible gu- joke to play on a blind guy though imagine switching out their walking stick with a gun just for the hell of it. Oh, wow. right yeah he goes to pull out his walking stick and can't extend it that bang would, bang <laughs> that would not be good not good. Definitely so. Also, a crazy woman in Nashville has been stealing people's wallets. She's been posing as a rideshare service, and people have been getting in her car. She hands them a bottle of water, which then drugs them, and then the people wake up, um, you know, obviously way later, and they don't have wallets anymore. So there's been a woman driving around Nashville doing this, and I guess she's been doing it for a couple of months, and people are starting to come forward with very similar stories. There's nearly a dozen victims now who all had a very similar story about this woman who came by, gave them water, and then they woke up without their wallets. So 
be careful when you're getting into these ride sharing services. Always, always confirm the information and don't say when you go up to the door of a ride sharing service. This, are you Janelle or whatever? That's not how it should go. You should always say, who are you here for? Or something along those lines and just verify that the person's car you're getting into is the person's car you should be getting into. Hmm. This happens a lot, not necessarily the drugging and stealing wallets, but people getting in the cars that don't actually belong to ride sharing services and it something ends up happening to them and it's just it's terrible so i always am very careful when i use uber and lyft just to make sure i'm getting in the right person's car because you never know yeah that's very much true cabs are a little easier because they've got right uniforms and very easy to define cars but now everyone's going to these ride sharing services and especially in big cities like nashville there's ride sharing services everywhere so probably seven out of ten cars on these busy broadway streets are going to be ride sharing services so it's easy to get them mixed up and when you're drinking it you know it then becomes a little easier so it's just it's it's very scary got to be careful how true well, it's 640 on AM Tampa Bay, and we'll find out how the Ubers and Lyfts and cabs and cars are doing now with John Thomas. Cool. Housing. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it is 644 on AM Tampa Bay, and in case you missed it, a big sweep by Republicans in the state of Florida, but the big sweep has not happened yet nationwide. The um, Republicans appear certain to take over the House, but the Senate is still up in the air, and we may not know who's going to control the Senate until December when they have a runoff election up in Georgia. So we'll see how that plays out. But nevertheless, the nationwide red sweep that they expected, the GOP, uh, didn't happen. A lot of big surprises like Oz up in Pennsylvania losing to Fetterman. That's one not a lot of people expected. That'll be an interesting thing to, to watch going but, forward. But it was certainly a Republican sweep in the state of Florida. Rubio winning his third Senate term, defeating um Demings and we're talking pretty well too with um 58% to 41%. That's pretty much a blowout and pretty much the same from the uh, even more so for governor Ron DeSantis with 59% and Charlie Crist with 40%. And in the Tampa Bay area, pretty much a Republican sweep, uh, with the exception of Kathy Castor winning in the um, congressional seat. You've got Anna Paulina Luna, a winner in District 13. In 14, it was Castor. In 15, Laura Lee. In 16, Vern Buchanan wins it again, and then 17, Greg Stubbe. So a big red wave in the state of Florida, but not so much elsewhere. And we're going to have to wait 
a while to find out whether or not the Republicans are going to be able to control the Senate. And that, of course, was their object, but um, we'll have to see how that works out. By the way, Tropical Storm Nicole, that is our big story around these parts. And Governor DeSantis has declared a state of emergency for much of Florida. Um, It will not be a hurricane when it comes here, but it will be a tropical storm. The good thing is, assuming it kind of turns north, we won't be on the right upper corner of it. We won't be on the right side where the uh, worst effects are. We'll be on the left side of the thing, but we're still going to have a lot of rain and a lot of wind. And that should be starting uh, this evening overnight into tomorrow and uh, a lot of the day tomorrow. And we could have flooding in the Tampa Bay area. So um, you've got to get ready for that again. A lot of people already going and getting their sandbags and everything. But again, that's going to be the big story here as we talk about it again tomorrow. We might have a little trouble getting to work tomorrow. We'll be fine. Think it'll be okay? Oh, yeah. Just some rain. Okay. Yeah, just two to four inches of rain. Yeah. Which is a lot and a lot of wind as well. So we'll see how all of that plays out. By the way, you've got, uh, in case you went to bed early last night and missed the end of the game, you are fortunate because the Oilers beat our bolts. Oilers over the Lightning 3-2. to two. Um, now Friday, they're going to be at the Washington Capitals up in D.C. And then Sunday, the Capitals are going to be here, home game. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, having a home game, but chances are you're not going to go see it. Because the home game is in Munich, Germany. It's going to be a great game to watch. Yeah, 9.30 a.m. in Munich, Germany. And, but we get, they steal a home game from us. Send somebody else over there. So I'm curious, I wonder if any sports bars are going to be open that early serving beer and hot wings. Uh, I kind of doubt out. it. But it might be. It'd be nice. We'll have to see. Well, if somebody somebody will have to call us and tell us, we'll have to call your friend Bob Passwaters. Yeah, see if they're going to be open early, serving beer and wings. (laughs) Well, anyway, that's um, the story on sports too. Here, that was last night. I watched uh, most of that game. Uh, Bolts looked like they were coming back, and the Oilers win it in the end. So. Yeah, what the back. heck? But, yeah, we'll get it going. AM Champa Bay, we call it, the Champa Bay area. Certainly wasn't true with the Rays and certainly hasn't been true with the Buccaneers, so maybe the Lightning can do it and bring old Lord Stanley back again. It is 649 on AM Tampa Bay, and here's John Thomas with a look at traffic. Jack. Katie and James, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. You want to keep the uh, radio by your side here on on your app or wherever because 
we'll have a continuing coverage of what Nicole is going to be doing. And we'll be talking about it big time tomorrow morning as we get into the midst of it. But the good thing is the hurricane is not coming over here. And we're on the weaker side of the tropical storm. But we are going to get some flooding in all probability and some heavy winds. That'll be the big thing. But again, we'll have more on that tomorrow morning and we'll have coverage all day long with our news. Uh, so we'll, what a, you know, Nicole is such a nice name. Nicole. And yet it's such a nasty thing. They ought to name them bad names like Adolf. Like, <laughs> I can see it. Like Hitler. Uh, what else could we name them? Trying to think of some other bad names. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be tough to come up with a bad name. Katie. <laughs> That's a horrible name. Aww. Just saying. <laughs> name them like the bad guys in movies or something, like the villains. Yeah. Like I can't think of any any movie right now with a villain, but I know there are some. Name them yeah. Dahmer. There you. <laughs> Maybe not like serial killers. Well, um, anyway. It's a great idea we have here. Yeah. We're really spewing, <laughs> spewing good Submit stuff Submit your storm names. We uh, obviously text didn't us or, prepare this. <laughs> yeah. 18945. Start your text with WFLA. Yeah, and we'll read them tomorrow morning. Uh, but anyway, Nicole is the big story, and we'll have more on that tomorrow. This is interesting. Uh, according to an exit poll um, by NBC News yesterday, most voters are unhappy without with how things are going currently in the U.S., they found 74% of those polled said they feel negatively about the way things are going around the country. Just a quarter of those polled said they were happy with where the country is headed. Over 52% of Democrats polled said they were angry with the current trajectory of the U.S., and 92% of Republicans said they're dissatisfied with the uh, country's current situation. And that's an ABC News polling. People don't like the way things are going today. I'll tell you, one of the big things is the um, border down there, which is just totally out of control now. We'll have to talk about that again tomorrow. But almost 87,000 unknown illegal aliens got past the uh, Border Patrol just in the month of October. And Lord knows where they are, but it's going to cost the taxpayers. There's no doubt about that. And I still don't know why we don't send our military down to shut that border down, but it ain't happening. It's got to beef up Border Patrol. Yes, indeed. Well, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Tampa Bay.